0: It is rough out there, rough out there, rough out there. It is rough out there, rough out there, rough out there.
1: Welcome to It Is Rough Out There, episode 10 of season 2. We're calling this episode The Soft Goodbye. My name is Kelly. My name is Kim. How are you doing today, Kim?
0: I'm very good and uh, very full after we had a breakfast over at the Farmer's Daughter in Sudbury, Mass. Uh, I don't think I ever need to eat again. So... uh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I don't I'm not even looking for dinner because that was one of the best farmers breakfasts I think I've ever had and the orange juice was out of this world.
0: Freshly squeezed. Right? I know.
1: And it had like I don't know what kind of juicer they use, because it had like bits of the rind in it too. Mm-hmm. It was so good.
0: I had the grapefruit juice, which was excellent.
1: Oh, yeah, I had that last time I was there for sure. So good. So today we do have a really rough subject get out your Kleenex box. This is a topic that's been requested a lot and a very important topic. End of life for our beloved pets. Kim has a lot of experience with this subject as she has said goodbye recently to three of her dogs and works at an emergency facility where people bring their pets for end of life treatment. And I myself have definitely said goodbye, but it's been a long time.
0: So this is a subject that is very difficult to discuss with owners as we um, call it bereavement. Um, At the ER where I work, we actually have a room called the bereavement room, and we go over the wishes um, with the owner for their sweet pet. There's always lots of crying, uh, lots of tissues, lots of hugs and kisses. And that's something that I actually miss um, since the pandemic is having that the ability right. to, you know, in hug person somebody. Communication, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so, what I think we'll do now is light a candle in loving memory of all of our beloved pets. And while I do that, we'll, we're just going to take a little moment of silence so that we have the moment to think about the pets that we have lost.
1: It must be so hard to handle, really. Times for sure,
0: and where I work, I end up seeing lots of friends that come to our facility to say goodbye to their dog or hat, cat, which is also very difficult.
1: Well, I do think it must be very comforting for them to see it, see you and a familiar face when they come in.
0: I hope to be a comfort and a familiar face um, at the most difficult time in many folks' lives. Um, sometimes losing a dog or a cat is harder than losing a human, as many people have shared with me, as our pets show us absolutely unconditional love with zero baggage.
1: So true, so true. And the zero baggage piece, I think in the world we live in of hustle and bustle, that people sometimes grow up an entire lifetime and they haven't experienced that. Our dogs especially, they love us no matter what. So what should folks expect when they're making that decision to say goodbye to their sweetie?
0: Of course. Um, So we can walk folks through this step by step. And this is something that's good to know, even if your pet is healthy and well at this point, they're young and they're vivacious. Um, But this is just something, uh, information to keep in your back pocket. When you will need it, because unfortunately, our pets don't live as long as we do. And the chances are that many of us will need to go through this situation. So some of you may have older pets or have a a pet with a health condition that would warrant you to bring them to your vet or to the emergency room. And at times, owners are not certain that it is time to say goodbye. So one of the vets that I work with um, will do an exam and let owners know if it actually is the right time to say goodbye or if their pet's in pain or suffering, which we don't want. That's really
1: good. And it must be harder for those ER doctors as they they don't really have that long-term relationship with so many of the animals that come through.
0: That's true. So we have our technicians go over a history with the owner and very often it is quite apparent that it is time to say goodbye to their loved one due to the condition on how the pet is. Um, We often can tell if they're in pain or they're suffering.
1: So what happens if the doctor does not think it's time?
0: So the doctor will let the owner know, and the owner will then make the final decision with the information given um, to the owner from the exam that the doctor has done. And sometimes people just come to us just to look for advice and, Mm. you know we're here for that and sometimes people say i really do believe it's time and they make that decision sometimes people go home and want to spend more time at home with their pet so it's totally up to the owner
1: and then so then what happens next
0: So um, what happens is I then step in as um, one of the client care folks. Um, The doctor lets me know that the owner has made the decision to say goodbye. We um, go over some questions uh, as to the final wishes of the
1: owner. And I'm I'm assuming that you also talk about if they want to be present when the doctor gives the medication.
0: Absolutely. We ask the owner and if they have family, if they would like to be present. If the pet is stable, we also ask if the owner would like to spend some time in our bereavement room with their dog or cat. We give owners as much time as needed. However, if the pet is not stable, the doctor will come to the room to perform the euthanasia sooner. Um, And what's interesting, too, is sometimes owners ask us if they could bring some of their other pets, Mm. whether they have a dog. Not usually cats, but more (coughs) dogs. Sure. And just recently we had an owner that was saying goodbye to their dog, and they wanted to bring their other dog in because they were a bonded um, pair.
1: Oh, right, right. So, like, if a dog or a cat isn't stable, such as not being able to breathe, it's humane to not let them suffer, right?
0: Yeah, so we're very mindful of the condition of the dog or cat at that time. So, um, you know, the doctor will let the owner know that the pet is suffering, and it's something that um, the doctor wants to perform the euthanasia much
1: sooner rather than later. And what what other things do you ask the owner as far as their wishes are concerned? I mean, I'm, all I can really think of is like burial versus cremation, right?
0: Yeah, so we ask about uh, burial or cremation. Many folks ask us if they can bury their pet in their yard, and we always let owners know that they would need to discuss that with the health department in the town where they live. Um, this is a Massachusetts um, regulation as there are rules in regards to this. And so most owners... Um, decide to elect the cremation option.
1: And so I'm, I think I've heard that there are options there too. So can you tell me maybe what some of the options are for cremation?
0: Absolutely. So there, um, for where I work, there are three, which is um, usually um, the case for most places. Um, again, this is in Massachusetts. Um, first, uh, there is a private viewing at the cremation facility. Things may have changed because of the pandemic right right um, so that would be something that you would really need to call the cremation facility and ask them if they are actually doing in-person um, viewings um, the second option is a private cremation where your pet is the only pet in the chamber um, this is uh, we use a company called forget-me-not they're mm-hmm. in Northborough, massachusetts um, and this is what they offer um, so this uh, second option is if you want to get your pet back to you in an urn of your choice, like you make the decision of whatever the the urn is. And then the third option is a group cremation where you elect to not have the ashes returned to you, and your pet's remains are buried at a pet cemetery with other <laughs> cremated ah! pets. Ah!
1: <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> this is so hard. Gosh, it must be much harder... Being there in that moment, too.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're recording this episode. And it is good to know what the options are and what your wishes could be. And of course, in the dis- devastating moment that you have to make that decision, um, things can obviously change for sure. But it is good to know what the options are before you even
1: have to make that decision. I also understand that there are options such as an ink print card, clay paw prints. And even pendants, and now diamonds.
0: Yeah, so there are many options for that. And at our facility, we provide an ink print um, of your dog or cat's paw. And the cremation facility has many options as well. Um, I know that the the folks that we use, they make um, clay. Mm. I actually have one that they made that's beautiful. Um, I even saw somebody yesterday that was wearing a pendant that had the ashes of her um, dog in the oh, pendant. Wow.
1: Um,
0: it's actually like a little tube that has the ashes in there. And now I guess they're turning um, this well. has been something I think that's been going on for a while, but you can have your pet's um, ashes turned into diamond
1: or a wow. diamond. Right, Diamonds. Right. I think I have heard that for human remains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so. the owner spends time with their pet, says goodbye, the vet gives the medication to help make the pet comfortable, and then they slowly drift off and their life has ended.
0: Yeah, and this is the really hard part as it now is real. Um, Your beloved dog or cat is no longer alive, and now the grieving process begins. And sometimes non-pet owners in your life may not understand why you are broken, devastated, and possibly unconsolable.
1: This is when folks must take the time for themselves to grieve. Can you share with us the hardest encounter you had with a pet and their owner?
0: <clears throat> so definitely, um, I'm just playing a little song in the background, one of my favorite songs. Um, you know, when I'm feeling sad, it's called "The Soft Goodbye," and it's by the Celtic women. Um I'll never forget I don't know if you know this, Kelly, but I do have a soft spot for elders. I worked in long term care for many years. And a man was losing his best friend and his dog, and he had just lost his wife, and he asked me if I could stay with him for the soft goodbye. Oh wow. Yeah. So I stayed with him. He asked if I could hold his hand when the doctor gave the medicine. Of course I did. And we held hands, as he softly said to his best friend, to go to his mom, which was his wife, where she would hold him close in heaven. And what I find, like, I have the chills right now. Mm, Me too. What I find to be really hard for owners is that some people in your life may say, oh, you know, your pet's going to go to pet heaven or whatever. I believe in in my beliefs that I'm going to see my pets again. And that's my belief, you know. Right, right. And some people are going to say things to you that you may not believe or you may not agree with. Right. And it's their way of trying to console you in your moment of grief. And a lot of people don't understand if they're not pet owners. So I always feel honored when somebody asks me to be present with them. Um, when the doctor comes in and and gives the medication Um, as we know this is probably one of the most vulnerable moments that an owner can go through and we all grieve
1: differently and I think grief too is a little bit of a mystery and I think it's it's harder for people to understand that it physically uh, impacts you as well as emotionally and I think we're so quick to dismiss things and we don't Take the extra day off of work, or we do. Mm-hmm. And I do know that some of the companies that are led by younger people, I will say that, mm-hmm. um, actually have a pet grieving policy, mm-hmm. and so they allow for those date extra day or two off to, you know, just spend in quiet or go for a walk at, at their favorite place. So it's, you know, it's slowly becoming more of a cult part of our culture too. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: So you've lost some pets. Do you want to share with us? Oh,
1: well, you know, Benjamin, you know, everybody has their heart dog. And I had a, we had like a 14 year old Corgi and we, he crawled under the bed and he had a mass. I mean, we didn't know this. He crawled under the bed and he's kind of stopped eating and we took him to the vet. He was maybe 14 or 13, which is kind of a long life for a Corgi. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bit of a wandering coffee table. So I can't say that he was fit as a fiddle um, and he just didn't eat a couple of meals and so we, t- I took him to the vet and you know they did an x-ray and all of his um, insides were kind of pushed to the side because mm-hmm. of a mass that had grown so it was you know we, I got to bring him home and I brought him back the next day and you know we had it was an end of life decision but I actually picked him up and put him on the table and he mm-hmm. passed away on his own Aww. yeah so it was and then when I was a kid, you know, my drive for um, my drive to help the missing dog situation comes from the fact that on a 4th of July, our the family dog ran away because she was afraid of the fireworks mm. and never made it back home. So, but she was 13. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we, our, our cats, we, we had cats that ran through the ages and were 16, 17 years old. And, and they too, you know, through visiting the vet and diagnoses and things like that was had to make those decisions, but you're right. Like you, and you're, you go home and you go to your next thing that was on your list. And then before you know it, you're in a puddle of tears on the floor crying. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, I had mentioned in one of the episodes talking about the foster dogs that we had, we took in a dog that we thought was going to be a forever foster. And then we ended up adopting him, Eddie. And um, he had a testicular tumor, which is not what killed him. He ended up having probably a bunch of strokes and his nose would bleed to the point where it wouldn't stop. And um, then he stopped eating and drinking and, you know, would just sit there in his in his urine,
1: in his bed.
0: And, you know, Jamie said to me, my husband, you know, it's time to say goodbye to him. And I remember he was the first dog that we ever said goodbye to for like either of us. Oh really? And it was um it was very emotional because we said goodbye where I work and all the people that were there, oh, I knew. Right. So it's hard friends. to like think like okay, I'm going to cry in front of all these people, <laughs> right. but It's probably comforting, you know, to have these people. The doctor was wonderful. We said goodbye. And it was devastating. And I remember it took me a really long time to get over it. And I remember people saying to me, like, it's only a dog. Yeah. Or it's the dog's going to go to pet heaven and, you know, goodbye.
1: That's it. And, oh, my favorite is, but you should just get right back to your, you know, you, you do so many other things. You got to just busy yourself mm-hmm. instead of allowing that time to You to need grieve. that time to
0: grieve and however you do it. And we've lost three dogs um, since uh, that, well, Eddie was one of them and then we lost Finn and then Jackson. And each time I grieved de- definitely very differently because they lived very different lives and, um, for the dogs that I had for the most amount of time, I feel like it was a little bit easier for me as they got older because it seemed to be the natural life process right, right. or, you know, our Finn died of, you know, something horrific, a lung torsion. And I knew it was the right decision. I had no question right. in right. my mind that it was time for him to go. And, um, so it's, it's tough for people and it is. people need to take the time,
1: right? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Well, a little birdie did tell me that you are taking a class this spring semester at UVM, otherwise known as University of Vermont, for end-of-life companion animals. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
0: So, um, yeah. So I'm really excited about that class. Um, it starts, I believe, in February, and it's a four-week um, course. And it, I feel like it will help me with the job that I do at the ER, um, especially. And... Um, I also have talked about wanting to start a bereavement group for dog and cat owners, as I know it can be a very misunderstood process if it's not a human that has passed. Right, right. I hear it all the time from pet owners that family and friends don't understand why I have not snapped out of being sad Mm. that my pet died. And I totally am empathetic um, as it took me, like I just said, a really long time to get over losing our first dog, Eddie.
1: Well, everyone definitely uh, grieves differently. So let, a, but let us share some very important information about our friends at Pet VRA telehealth app. As our pets near their end of life, the vet professionals at Pet VRA are there to walk you through the process of what to expect and to be a guide on this very painful journey. They
0: can also be so very helpful when you may not be sure. You may just want to call someone just to go over what has been going on with your pet. As we all know as humans, we can doubt ourselves. And if your regular vet is not open or available and you also are not sure that it is time to say goodbye, a kind
1: soul on the telehealth app can help you for sure. Thank you, Pet VRA Telehealth App, for being there for us at a time when we needed your guidance. Absolutely. So getting back, we also know there are many options to say goodbye to your dog or cat in in your home. We can share that info on our Facebook page for those living in the Massachusetts area. Yes,
0: there are so many options for end of life for your beloved pet and how you're going to go about it. Um, So at this point,
1: Please reach out to help uh, to us if we can help in any way. Our email is itisroughoutthere at gmail.com. Sending hugs to all those who have lost pets out there, we're now going to share the names of some of our community that has a pet that has gone to the Rainbow Bridge as we say the Rainbow Bridge poem.
0: So at this point, um, we're going to share um, many. People talk about the Rainbow Bridge, um, and it's definitely something that um, we talk about a lot with losing a pet, and um, I thought it would be nice to just read this, which is the Rainbow Bridge. Just this side of heaven is a place called Rainbow Bridge. When an animal dies that has been especially close to someone here, that pet goes to Rainbow Bridge. There are meadows and hills for all of our special friends so they can run and play together. There's plenty of food, water and sunshine and our friends are warm and comfortable. All the animals who have been ill and old are restored to health and vigor. Those who were hurt or maimed are made whole and strong again, just as we remember them in our dreams of days and times gone by. The animals are happy and content Except for one small thing. They each miss someone very special to them, who had to be left behind. They all run and play together, but the day comes when one suddenly stops and looks into the distance. His eyes are bright and intent. His eager body quivers. Suddenly he begins to run from the group, flying over the green grass, his legs carrying him faster and faster. You have been spotted. And when you and your special friend finally meet again, you cling together in joyous reunion never to be parted again. The happy kisses rain upon your face, your hands again caress the beloved head, and you look once more into the trusting eyes of your pet, so long gone from your life, but never absent from your heart. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together.
1: The author is unknown.
0: What do you think of that?
1: That's beautiful. I always wondered where that, what that story was, because I'd always heard heard that reference, but.
0: So I think at this point, we're just going to um, share with you some of the names of the pets that have been lost. Um, We had posted um, just a little in loving memory on our Facebook page. And I thought it might be nice to just share uh, the names of some of the pets that people have shared with us over the
1: last uh, few days. I have a couple of names that I'll kick it off with when you're ready. Yeah, you go ahead. I got Boo Boo Kitty. Sebastian, Spotty, Booker, Benjamin. Oh, don't forget Elsie, the guinea pig. Uh
0: (laughs) Um, We miss our Finn, Eddie,
1: Jackson.
0: Uh, There's a Bella, Bubba, Honey, Reese, Gus, Ginger and Allie, Callie and Ruby, Piper, Dandy, Fee, Peeps, Princess, who was Wally's sister, Sadie, Sassy and Maggie, Calvin, and then there's another Calvin, Angelina, Cosmo, Angus, MacArthur and Gus. Molly, Nikki, and then I just wanted to mention my little kitty cat I had growing up, Morgan.
1: And I'd like to add Shipley.
0: Oh, Shipley. Yeah. Sending lots of love to Shipley's owner.
1: Well, you know, as we always say here at the podcast, a little softer and somber today.
0: Thank, Thank you, you for, for keeping, keeping us out, out of, of the, the doghouse. Dog It is rough out there.